Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. Welcome to the Coffee and Conversation podcast. I am your host, Larry Vincent, and let me tell you, today I have the best guest I have ever had in my entire life on the show. Uh, no pressure whatsoever. Uh, I have my beautiful, beautiful wife, Heather Vinson, in uh, the program for our season finale. This is the the last episode of our current season of Coffee and Conversation podcast. More more details on that later on in the show. But uh, welcome, Heather, to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for the podcast uh, listeners out there, my wife is a complete introvert, um, which you almost have to be to be married to me uh, because uh, <laughs> I am so loud and obnoxious that I need someone <laughs> quiet and and subdued uh, to really balance me out. Although, if you get to know Heather, you're not all that quiet, are you? No. No, you're you're kind of you're kind of you're kind of loud yourself, a little crazy at times. Uh, but I love that about you. I really do. You can say thanks. I'm complimenting you on air right now. Everyone's like, what a jerk mood. Make, make your wife say thank you. Anyway, hey, let's just take in for a moment that me and you uh, are in a room with no kids. And it's That's rare. Rare, right? <laughs> Uh, thank you. Shout out to our children's minister, Ben, by the way, who is keeping yes. our kids occupied for the next half hour. Uh, but, hey, this is almost like a date. You know, only, you know, 60 or so of our closest friends <laughs> are going to be listening <laughs> to us. Date with eavesdroppers. Yeah, <laughs> date with eavesdroppers. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay, well, uh, as this is a conversation with coffee, uh, hence yes. the name coffee and conversation, uh, we are going to do what we normally do, and that is take our first sip. Heather is uh, drinking a, what? Don't take the sip yet. <laughs> I'll take it when I want. <laughs> <laughs> a peppermint white chocolate mocha. A peppermint white chocolate mocha, uh, no whip, uh, with non-fat milk, I think is what you asked for specifically in the text. See, I listen. I don't even remember. <laughs> I listen. I, I, I listen. I can, I can, I can listen, too. Uh, I got my normal, my huge, as I call it here on the show, the blonde flat white with non-fat milk. Uh, although because of the weather today, I got me an extra shot. I'm not gonna lie, I got I got four shots. So all right, let's let's take that first sip. Oh, that's good stuff. That is good stuff. All right, fun, funny story before we get into the actual podcast. Uh, do you realize that there is a barista uh, championship uh, contest at Starbucks throughout the district? And the uh, shout-out to Austin at the Starbucks uh, on Northfield in Brownsburg because he has a cruiserweight championship belt uh, that has the Starbucks logo. You can see this, podcast listeners. You can see this if you go to the Starbucks on Northfield and, and, and give a shout-out to Austin. Tell him congratulations on, on the win. He's going to, I guess, I think Nationals. I, I, I really don't know what's after that. But, I you know, as you know, I know a lot of people at Starbucks. And yes, they, um, everyone. I do know almost everyone there, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, they, and they do talk to me. Uh, and, and Natasha, uh, you know, one of our members' uh, sister, 
goes there, and uh, and she works there, and she was telling me this incredible story. So, shout out to the Starbucks off of Northfield. How about we get into actual coffee and conversation, huh? Does that sound good? All right. Uh, So, let's... Uh, let's let's start off, Heather, uh, by talking about how you grew up. Okay, D- just give us a little insight into the person, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Heather Swango Vincent. <laughs> um, I grew up in the church. Um, I think I started going to church when I was just literally just a few days old. Um, I've always been in my, both of my parents, um, grew up in the church, um, and, um, so I don't ever remember a time not being in church, because there wasn't one, um, okay, so you grew up in church, yeah, okay, um, so what was your favorite part of church? Hmm, my favorite part of church was probably, I really liked children's church when I was little. Um, Not so much now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ben. When I I grew out of that, (laughs) when I grew out of that, I actually went back and helped when I was old enough. And so I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed going to, um, you know, Sunday school and things like that. Okay, yeah. Uh, As a little side joke, Heather and I always uh, joke about this idea that uh, I can never be a children's minister uh, because I I barely enjoy the presence of my own children. Um, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. Uh, okay, so uh, so you grew up in the church. Um, yes. And the one thing I always found interesting about uh, your, your journey growing up uh, is that your parents, uh, who I love very much, I love Dwight and Teresa, um, had uh, very good Christian standards of what a church should be and held churches to that standard. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, of one famous story of your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can probably, you probably know which one I'm about yeah. to ask you about, right? Can you, yes. can you, can you talk about the bus ministry that he had or the pickup ministry? I guess it wasn't a bus, it was a but pickup pick ministry. Yeah. Um, so the church we went to, um, at the time, there was a fence, and um, so the church was on one side of the fence, and on the other side was a very low-income um, living. And um, these were a lot of these were families who were they were broken homes, and just kids not in the in the greatest situations. Yeah. Um, and the parents care. A lot of the parents did care about the kids. They just were really struggling. Um, and so my dad made it his mission to go and pick up these kids and drive around the fence and bring them to church and that went on for a while um and then and so i would go with my dad we would just always go pick up these kids it was fun i had a i could be good friends with some of these kids um and then one day my um dad was actually called into a meeting by the elders and they um told him that he was no longer to pick up and bring those children. I can't. To I still. I still can't believe that. <laughs> they didn't want that kind of image. It was a very. It was, it was a church that presented itself as well off and um, had everything together, and they didn't want to have an image of someone who was of a different status. 
symbol than them to be there. And it was really hard because we struggled with that. And my parents met with them and challenged them on that, you know, like as a church, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to reach this. And it was literally on the other side of the fence. There was, it was the most opportune place for these kids to go. Right. Um, We actually, they wouldn't budge on it. And we actually ended up leaving over that issue because my parents felt so strong that, you know, these kids need to be reached. And they actually told my dad not to reach these kids anymore. And, and even after we left, um, for a while, my dad didn't stop. And because, you know, he knew those kids needed Jesus and they needed to hear and they needed to know. Um, and so that was something really that I, I strongly admire my parents for is their strong faith and, um, the, nothing's going to stop them from, um, holding to the values that they strongly believe in. So how did that translate then into your own faith? You know, and, and this isn't the, the, the question of when did your faith become your own, but how did, how did that holy stubbornness, Mm -hmm. how did that holy stubbornness, stubbornness translate into how you saw church and how you responded to those injustices? Well, one of the things I really appreciated, my parents were very open with us about what was going on and about, um, the ministry that they were doing and the ministry that they had done in the past in churches, um, and how important it is. One of my favorite things I've always taught my brother and I is they've always taught us, even if you were the only person standing for what is right, you need to do that because it takes one person to make a difference. Right. And it takes, you know, God is always the one you need to honor and you only need to worry about what, what he, um, thanks in doing what is right, not what anybody else yeah. says. Yeah, and, and you, you, did you take that? Did you, did you embody that throughout your growing up in the church? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew the answer to that. I, I just yes, wanted to make sure everybody else knew the answer to that. Um, yeah. I, I'm thinking of a story in particular of, of you uh, speaking to your youth group. Uh-huh. Um, do, do you... Care to share? This is where it's really. Yeah. This is really where it's bad to be married to the guy who's hosting the podcast because he knows all the stories. I know all the stories. Yeah. Um, no. So I was actually I was always kind of a the different one, and um, I was never popular. I was always kind of I guess you would say the outcast or the unpopular, and um, I was actually often bullied by kids in my youth group and picked on, and it really was a big struggle. Sure. It was hard. Um, I actually ended up struggling with depression and some things like that um, due to the ridicule I was getting from that. And my closer friends at the time actually ended up being kids who were not really in church and um, things like that. My parents were really supportive and encouraged and everything, and um, and kind of challenged me to to work on things and do what I could and to try and um, see the positives and see where I could make a difference. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing was I went and talked to my youth minister about what was going on and told him that it was a problem and I wanted to fix it. You know, I wanted to see what we could do to make things better. That didn't end up going very well, and um, he wasn't going to do anything about it. And he had told me, well, if you want to do something, you can give a lesson 
to the youth group um, and just kind of talk. And so I did. And so um, I talked about the body of Christ and I just kind of challenged everybody which was way out of my comfort zone because I don't like talking in front of people. Really? <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was something I was passionate about because I knew it, not only was it happening to me, but if it was happening to me, there were other people it was happening right. to. And right. other people may not have parents at home who cared so much about them to be heavily involved, and they may not have the support that I might that I had at home. So yeah. it would be harder for them. And... Um, so, so I talked to them and really hoped and prayed that things would change and they didn't. And yeah. that was really hard for me because, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to do this. It's going to make a difference. Yeah. And, you know, you're really championing for that. And then when it doesn't, it's kind of like, well, where did I go wrong? And it was a hard lesson of me having to learn. It's not where I didn't go wrong. It's that I did what I could and what I needed to. But at that point, I had done what I could, but then it was on everybody else to be willing to make the change. Yeah, you, you hit on a really good point there uh, that I think our podcast listeners can should really hold on to. And because I mean, the whole point of this the, this podcast is to encourage people to share their story and to to share Christ uh, with uh, with those around them. And, and it's important uh, for all of us to understand that even as we um, you know, share and put ourselves out there, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get a positive result every time. Right. I mean, I think, I think every evangelist, every, every person who shared their faith can probably say that they have had more rejections than they've had successes, right? Uh, they've had more people say, no, thank you. And then they want to hear more, right? And and so it's not about it's not about whether you failed or succeeded, because in I I believe in, in God's eyes that as long as you share the gospel, you have succeeded, right? Yeah. Regardless of whether or not um, you know they uh, they accept Christ or not. So right, and as in my case, the bullying actually got worse after. I had done this. Like mm. I was actively trying, and you know, to the best I I knew how at yeah. that age. Um, and and so it got a lot worse, and it just kept getting worse. And I met with youth minister again, and it wasn't going anywhere. And um, finally, another friend of mine, um, her dad was a youth minister at another church, and I ended up convincing my parents to let me just try it. Um, and the atmosphere was totally different. And the first time, the first night I went, and I knew only two of the kids, and that's because. Um, their dad had previously been my youth minister at another church. Um, and kids were coming up and giving me a hug and saying, hey, we're so glad you're here. And that was strange for me yeah. because I had never been kind of welcomed. In, and and to have that was really strange. And that ended up being a really transforming point, you know, in my in my life. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's great, um, Heather. Uh, so let's talk about... I mean, because you have a whole lifetime mm -hmm. in a church, right? Yes. And the one thing I've always heard from people who grew up in the church, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. you often do, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, what I hear a lot from people who grow up in the church is that it's really hard for them to define their moment of salvation because 
you know, Jesus was a comfortable presence to them. Uh, you know, Jesus was a relationship they were always involved with. Um, it was, as, it was, it was as Jesus was always there for them. And, and so they really can't say that their baptism was the moment where they got it because it was just a natural progression for them. They're like, Oh, okay, this is what I should be doing. And, and, and that's true. I mean, that's what you should be doing. Right. Um, and so what I often ask is not, when did you get saved? Um, because I feel like that's a natural progression and feel free to talk about that if that, if that's where it was, but when did you as a individual, as an individual, when did you make that, that aha moment or that decision that I am, that I'm going to make this faith my own? What, what, how old were you? What, what stage of life were you in? What that look like for you? Well, for me, it wasn't necessarily one point for me. There's been a, it's been, um, Kind of, I guess, almost a journey in a way. Uh, there's certain key points in my life where I've noticed the difference. When I've really seen it, growing up in church, I always remember some of my fondest memories are when we would visit my mom's family in Tennessee, and we would always go to church on Sunday. Everybody, from all my cousins, my aunts, uncles, my grandparents, my great granny, everybody, and. Um, and then when my grandparents, when my grandfather couldn't get out, my papa couldn't get out to go to church. He would always watch these old gospel things on TV, <laughs> and so there was always something, and he always, you know, kept talking about his faith his entire life. Right. Um, so that poured into me, too, but um, especially when I was younger. But when I was, I had always kind of grown up at the church, and then when I was 11, I um, started asking a lot of questions, and <laughs> in fact, <laughs> funny story, one of my biggest fears about getting baptized was, you know, I always heard them talk about how the bread was the body and and the juice was the blood of Christ. And so I asked my dad finally when I got up the nerve, I go, is it really blood and body? It's a good thing you didn't, it's a good thing you weren't raised Catholic at <laughs> yeah. that point. Uh. Because I was like. I just don't know if I can do that. I, I, I just love the fact that, that you know, you as an 11-year-old were asking about transubstantiation. Uh, I, I, I think that that is probably, yeah, no, that fits. Now I know, yeah. now I know where London gets it, um, yes. our, our daughter, uh, for those of you who don't and know. It's very literal, and, you know, I just took it as that's what it was. Okay, but doesn't that remind you of when Noah... Uh, was uh, at our church in Forest Lake, and he would not leave until he saw God. Until he saw until he saw Jesus, and we had to because yeah. we we told we had to explain to him. No, Jesus is is in people. He he says, yeah, but I need to see him. Like he yeah. was like doubting Thomas yeah. for like an hour. <laughs> we couldn't yeah, get that point. He literally would not budge. He stayed in his seat. Yeah, and, literally, and then about an hour in, out of nowhere, he just kept praying and sitting there. And about an hour in, he just looks at his ghost. Okay, I'm good now. We can leave. My, uh, our, our 13-year-old is now profusely thanking us <laughs> for sharing that little gem of a story on the, uh, as Aaron Rhodes calls it, uh, uh, the uh, interwebs. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway. Um, so, so anyway, so, so after I talked to my dad about that and got the relief that, okay, it is just do some bread. Yeah. Um, and we talked more. So I asked my parents a lot of questions. All right. Um. And then on July 3rd, um, I was baptized. Um, 
my by my dad. You didn't wait till July fourth. I mean, July America's birthday. Was the day it was July third was a Sunday. And they you call yourself American. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do baptisms baptisms during the week very much then. It was really unusual. Um. Anyway, still is. Yeah, but. <laughs> Um, so that was really a defining moment, and I totally felt the difference of um, when I was baptized. Um, and so I had a good year or two of growth in my faith then, and then I really just, that's when all the youth group stuff really just started falling apart yeah. even more. Um, and it was really hard, um, and I really, really struggled a lot. And there were periods where I really doubted you know like maybe am i wrong is is god real you know and that was something that was really hard for me growing up in the church and you know being surrounded with christians i'm like here i am i'm struggling to is this is he really real so i read a lot of books a lot of books um about um Christianity and then like the differences in religion you know that my parents had given me that were christian based but yeah. Just kind of help explain things, and then the case for Christ and things like that. Um, just really kind of helped encourage me, and knowing my parents were praying for me and open to talking about it, so they knew what was going on, um, was encouraging. And then the church that I had gotten it, the new church, when I had gotten into the new church, that really um, started helping change things. Yeah. And, um, I grew a lot in my faith when I had finally made the move to switch youth groups. Um, we were digging deeper into the Bible, and I was being challenged by my parents and by the leaders in the youth group and by the other teens in the youth group, some of whom I'm still in touch with. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really defining moment for me, too, as, you know, I had been baptized, and then I really struggled a lot. And then, um, just, I think, in the, kind of that growth period. And then when, excuse me, I was about in eighth grade, you know, um, things started changing. And, and I started seeing more hope and, and positivity and growing in my faith. And not just that, but also realizing about the relationship aspect. Um, because that wasn't a part that was really talked about in church when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and... So learning how to really make that relationship my own. And that was really, through my high school years, that was really a defining moment. So, But I think those two points were very pivotal yeah. in my faith. So this is what I love. I mean, our, our uh, student minister, uh, Matt Crossman, if he actually listens to this, um, is going to love all that you just said. Because this really is a PSA for... Bring your kids to youth group. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> because because this is the formative years uh, of their lives. They they need that support. They need that ministry. They need um, that that teaching and that, that foundation uh, to get them into college, uh, to get them through college, yes. you know. Uh, and, and you are proof positive that if you, if you uh, go to youth group and you invest yourself into the process, um, that... You that there is a good chance, you know, we can't guarantee it for everybody, obviously, because everyone has is on their own faith journey. But there's a good chance that that person will carry that faith into their adult lives, right? Right, especially in a church where your youth ministers pouring into you, the adult leaders are, you know, and your lessons are not just 
surface right. level. And the parents. And, and parents are very. Yeah. Reactive. And the parents Being are championing in it. Yeah. Lives. Yeah. You know, even the aspects they don't want you in. There were times my parents would dig deeper than I'd want them to. Yeah. And, but as an adult, I fully appreciate that. Yeah. And, and, and let, let this be a, a, you know, like. I mean, not to do a uh, commercial for youth group, even though I am doing a commercial <laughs> for youth group. Uh, I mean, there is a real uh, specific instance. Uh, you know, we, uh, our, Heather and I have made the decision uh, from day one of having kids. Um, and for those of us in the podcast world who do not know, we have six of them, yes. um, six awesome children. Two of them are in youth group, mm-hmm. and we have made it very clear. Nothing, absolutely nothing, will interfere uh, with with youth group. Yep. Um, you know, outside of sickness, obviously, um, right. but uh, but nothing will interfere with with youth group. That is a priority. We want that to be a priority for yep. them. Um, we don't ground them from youth group. No. Uh, you know, we don't ground them from church. Church um, is never a punishment. No, never, 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 never. Uh, and, and because we understand because, you know, Heather grew up in this, this world where youth group was vastly important. I grew up in a world where I was not permitted to go to church, uh, until I was 18 years old. And so we, we both understand what it's like to both have it and not have it, you know, uh, and, and it makes an impact on, on your life. So anyway, commercial over, uh, Matt can write me the check tonight. (laughs) Uh, but let's talk about let, let let's talk about your faith now, okay? okay? Um, you know, you're you're the mother of six, a, a fantastic mother, by the way, um, uh, of six. You are uh, a wonderful wife of dare I say a terrific husband. Um, <laughs> selfless, selfish, selfish plug. Um, anyway, uh, you know, we you've been married 15 years. Uh, you know, what's what's your faith? been like um as an adult how how are you different now as a christian uh what is what impact has jesus made on you this is where i think it's interesting and i think a lot of moms really relate but it's something that's really not talked about and it needs to be talked about and it needs to be addressed as as a parent especially as a mom you you know you worry so much about taking care of everybody else you don't naturally take care of yourself. And that includes even your faith life. It is such a struggle. And sometimes you're just so exhausted. Yeah. And I beat myself up for years over the fact that I wasn't praying enough. I wasn't reading my Bible enough. I wasn't pouring myself into my faith um, enough. And I was reading a book. Um, I don't even remember the name of it. And it talked about, you know, how you go through these different just peaks and lows and not necessarily that you're in a bad place in your faith but where you you are able to pour yourself more into different areas right, right. as far as devoting so much time to reading your bible or so much time to prayer at different era, different times in your life time periods and that's okay yes and showing yourself some grace because god knows where your heart is right and um as moms we put so much pressure on ourselves to be everything to everyone that we lose ourselves sometimes and that can also mean sometimes we lose finding ourselves in our faith and I went through that and it was very hard and it was very lonely um and it was not something that was very talked about so I I felt very isolated and like I couldn't bring this up because here I am I'm a minister's wife and I'm struggling 
Um, and I shouldn't be because I'm married to a minister. I should have it all together. I'm, you know, in church. And you don't. Sometimes you struggle, and that's okay. But um, so one of the things that has changed for me is realizing that it's still okay to struggle. Yes, yes. It's okay to struggle, and it's okay to be transparent about that struggle because when you are, not only do you realize you're not alone, but I have found that for myself and from what I've heard from others is that we're able to feed into each other yes. spiritually and yep. build each other up and start praying for each other and encouraging on each other and yep. sca- sharing scriptures with each other. And so you're getting lifted up as a Christian and it's pouring into you spiritually. Mm-hmm. And so it's helping you. And I think that's something that's so important. We need to love on each other and build each other up and Instead of being worried that I'm going to be torn down because I'm not doing good enough. Paul says it very clearly, follow me as I follow Christ. And if we're going to follow that advice, then that means we have to be honest about where we're at with Christ. You know, I mean, this goes back to uh, where... Uh, I mean, you and I have had tons of conversations about this, yeah. but this this goes back to where I preached, uh, I think, last year that I'm so tired. I am so tired uh, of, of fake smiles uh, yes. and plastic handshakes and, you know, that we we struggle in the American church with authenticity. Right. You know, when somebody asks, how you doing? And you've had a junky week. And what comes out of everyone's mouth? Oh, I'm fine. I'm right, okay. Right. I'm good. No, you're not. You know, and right. be honest with that because, right. you know, that's... That's what people need to hear. And this is where I loved your Facebook posts over this season of life. Because, uh, you know, if you're not a friend of Heather's on Facebook, you are missing out. Uh, because Heather took, took a season of uh, just, hey, you know what? Here I am. I'm sitting on the floor. My kids are screaming. Uh, you know, trying to do bass, and and I'm losing, I'm I'm losing my mind. Sometimes I just gotten in crying for <laughs> yeah. like the fifth time. Yeah, because... and, and and yet my hope is in Christ. It is literally a modern day psalm of lament. Uh, you know, life is horrible, but God is good, yeah. and, and people need to hear that because I remember, I remember seeing all the Facebook comments of all the moms in our church. You're like, thank you for saying this. Thank you for saying this. You know, it's like, man, somebody just needs to to vocalize this. And when I saw this, I said, I, I thought to myself, this is where Heather, it, it, this is Heather's sweet spot. This is her leadership coming out. You know, uh, that is the, the, you know, this is the uh, result of what your parents have done over the years coming out into your life. And man, I am, I am proud to be your husband. Uh, you know, based off of that. Uh, so, uh, and, uh, and obviously a lot of other things. Um, right. Yeah, and, not just that. <laughs> yeah, and I think my, I've always had a passion for being transparent. I've never liked the fake smiles. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always just, it's one of my biggest pet peeves <laughs> because I want people to be real. I want people to be honest. And yeah. while I'm a very private person, typically, I also want to be very transparent right. because I don't want, I feel like it's just a lie. It's just a show at that point, yeah. you know, if you're faking it. And I appreciate when people are very real, Yeah. even if it's a little brash, even if it's a little harsh, mm-hmm. be real because then we know where you're at Yeah. and we don't, you know, we can kind of meet each other. But anyway, um, I think my ability to finally feel comfortable enough to start being a little more outspoken about it came after we had our last child and I just really sunk and 
yeah. hit rock bottom. Yeah. Um, that was a tough time. It was, <laughs> yeah, just really bad depression. Yeah. He was very sick, and I hit a point of literally not being able. I couldn't stand on my own. Yeah. And um, and I couldn't hold it in. I couldn't bake it. I I didn't have the ability to do it anymore. And while that was a really rough season, and thank goodness for friends and family because. You know, we weren't deserted right. during that time, yeah. and I know, yeah. I know, we were really. It was really hard on those relationships, um, but getting carried through that time, and then um, when things started turning around, you know, now I appreciate more. Like, you know, I know I was there. I know other people are there, maybe on different levels. Yeah, but they need to know it's okay, and they're not alone because I felt like I was completely alone. Right. And that was hard, and it was so hard because you felt so far away from everyone. Even though you were surrounded by people, you felt completely separated. Yes. And you felt far away from God. And one of my biggest passions is I don't want anybody else to have to go through that level of loneliness and despair that I went through feeling like that. Yeah. I want, you know, to... I want to just be there and sit with that person and be like, it's okay. Even if I'm just sitting here with you, Yeah. you're not alone. I understand. I've been through it. Right. So we have to, we have to, unfortunately, I could talk to you forever. I guess that's a good reason why I married you. Um, (laughs) uh, But we do have to wrap this up. And I want to ask one more question. This is a question I've asked, I think, uh, and I think in every podcast, uh, if not the majority of them. Um, how do you know that the Heather Vinson that we are talking to right now um, is a result of your faith in Christ and not just a byproduct of natural ma- uh, maturation, you know, maturity? Uh, you know, uh, you're, you're 35, turning 36 mm-hmm. in June. Uh, yeah. Rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for that. You, you, you uh, podcast listeners, you wish you had a camera at this point as Heather raised her hands and danced. <laughs> In fact, she's turning 36. Uh, but uh, how, how do you know, though, that this isn't just natural maturity? Because that's what a lot of people say. This isn't just this isn't Jesus. This is just you maturing. This is you coming into your own skin. You know, how do you know this is Jesus? It's really hard to, for me. It's kind of hard to explain. But um, well, you're on a podcast, so try. Yeah, try. <laughs> but you know, it's not. Natural maturity, I don't think we necessarily take me this way. It's way too deep. It's way too... Um, first of all, there's so many things I, I I didn't even realize. And it was so much of leaning on God and digging myself into the scripture and praying. And um, if I didn't have him, I honestly don't believe I would be here. Mm-hmm. It, I, I don't believe I would... I would be here today. I don't believe I would have made it through any of the, the struggles that, especially in those um, formative years mm-hmm. where I struggled with the, the depression, you know, like I said, I struggled with, is God really real? Um, and I struggled with depression and, um, you know, just um, keep, I kept praying and digging and researching, like, you know, is he real? And, um, I just came back to the conclusion that he's there and he's the one who's transforming me. This is yeah. not me. This is not anybody, anything anybody else is doing. Right. Um, because I don't have the ability 
to change myself in the way yeah. that he has changed me. Sure. It, no, it does. And I and I, I will add, and you would say the same for me, by the way, mm-hmm. that the way that I know that this is Christ in our lives, that's Christ in your life, is that those dark spots that exist within us um, aren't the dominant features of who we are. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, yeah, because you see the hope, and you, yeah. you get through that, and then I only... You see those dark spots, but you're thankful for those dark spots because they've made helped make you who you are now. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. No, I agree though. Yeah, and because of those dark dark spots, because you know some of the things I've always looked at is with the struggles I've gone through. Is like I'm like, okay, now I have another way to understand people right. and reach people who've, who've gone through or are going to go through what yeah. I've gone through. Yeah. So uh, can I just say I'm I'm happy to be married to you. I I, I think you're fantastic and spectacular. Uh, I'm married way out of my league, and I will admit that to the day I die. Um, but thank you for being on the podcast uh, and for doing this. I know this was out of your comfort zone. Oh yeah. Uh, but this is what happens. This is what happens when you marry an extrovert. Yeah. Uh, you do things that are out of your comfort zone. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I also want to thank our audience for joining us over these last few months of the podcast. It's been a, a great adventure. Let me tell you about what's coming up next because this is not the end of the Coffee and Conversation podcast. We are going uh, to continue on. Uh, We're going to be hosting live shows uh, starting in June. Uh, More details will be coming out on our website, on our Facebook page. So, uh, But we will be uh, hosting uh, four live uh, podcast sessions, uh, and we're going to be focusing on evangelism. We're going to be meeting with people. Um, who have been evangelized to, where it worked, where they came to Christ, and we're going to talk to people who've been evangelized to, and it didn't work. Uh, they rejected Christ, and we're going to we're going to learn from both of uh, those examples as to how we can become better uh, uh, evangelists in our workplaces, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, what have you. Uh, and I can confirm, uh, one of our guests uh, will be my sister. Uh, Geneva, uh, and I, I am so excited about having her uh, up uh, up here. And if you remember uh, last year's coffee and conversation with my brother Joe, it will be just as much fun. Um, so <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. Uh, and I will uh, as soon as we can confirm the other guests, uh, we will be putting that out on our Facebook page uh, and on our website. So please make sure you go to cornerstonerock.org. Um, or hit us up on uh, Facebook at CCC Brownsburg. If you got any questions or comments about the podcast, you can email me, Larry, at cornerstonerock.org. But as always, we would love to see you here on a Sunday morning. Uh, we worship at Cornerstone Christian Church every Sunday morning at 9 and 1030. Uh, we have amazing worship, great biblical teaching, and uh, we care about discipleship and leading people through Christ, to Christ, with Christ, Uh, from babies on up to senior adults. So uh, whatever you need, uh, we we can help you find that in Christ, and we hope that you can find that at Cornerstone. Uh, So thanks again for joining us in the very first season of the Coffee and Conversation podcast. Peace, love, and soul.